We are in Yeshayahu chapter 5. Um, we are in the early um, rebukes that Yeshayahu gives to the nation about the fact that we weren't going to be able to stay in our land because society had uh, made mistakes and unless they were fixed, uh, we would have to start over again and have to go through a new system. And we've been in that system for a thousand years, for a long time, uh, the Gullus uh, system. But the question was, what went wrong? And so he listed in a series of hoys, uh, which is interesting, what some of the, like, whoa. Um, and each one was a little different. Um, some of them just spoke to us, or spoke to me, the way they, they word them, uh, the wording of some of the hoys. Um, the, uh, the, it's really, um, they're all throughout chapter 5 about the residents of Yerushalayim. The, um, the first one had to do uh, always with uh, theft. When I say always, um, our, our understanding is that um, uh, that's what brought on the flood in the time of Noah. And uh, that's uh, when Nineveh was going to be overturned. There has to be a very basic idea that people don't take what doesn't belong to them and that they, uh, especially uh, people that have no one to protect them, uh, widows and orphans, uh, those are the ones that are sometimes taken advantage of. In our society, they take advantage of elderly people. Isn't it terrible? You know, they, they have whole groups that try to... Uh, um, I, I visit my mother, and, and she's in assisted living, and they have people calling up, trying to talk them into all kinds of things and uh, confusing people. And they love, um, if you have doctor next to your name, uh, they, they call and they think you're rich and they, they want to talk you into buying this and buying that and uh, 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 tell them they won the lottery, just send the money. And it's like day in, day out. Like uh, it, it's a whole group of people that they figure that people that are elderly get confused easily and they can be talked into things. And um, it's just terrible. Uh, but that's the, the, for the very minimum society has to protect people that are vulnerable and have no one to stick up for them. And um, that's, that's the first thing always, is the do, no, do no harm. Do not take what isn't yours. And you know that's, that's always the most basic thing that society has to protect and has to, has to be careful with. Uh, so that's the first thing. Then it talks about people uh, getting drunk in the morning. You know, it's, it's almost like people that get drunk after a long day or want to enjoy themselves. We, we don't believe that, you're not, that uh, the world was created for a certain amount of enjoyment. There's a lot of kosher entertainment, so to speak. There are things that are acceptable when done in the right degree of moderation. But uh, somehow waking up in the morning to drink is not uh, the pursuing of uh, a certain time kind of lifestyle that was no good. Uh, it also says that people uh, go without thinking. And we talked about haughtiness. Um, I repeat them just because uh, all societies have these same kinds of problems. Um, then it mentions people that say what's evil is good and what's good is evil. Uh, and that, that also is, uh, so was sometimes people, uh, there's a certain degree of falseness of, of, of where they... Uh, people uh, blur the lines of the way things should be. Um, and uh, then we talked about sometimes the sins themselves are not that bad, but they get repeated many times. And when somebody does 
something wrong and they do it over and over and over again. It's not that one time would be so bad. It's just when you do it for many, many times, uh, it adds up. And so all of those were part of the hoys. Okay, so now we are in chapter 5, verse 24. So what's the therefore? Now that we know these hoys and now that we know if society doesn't fix them, things are going to end. So that's basically what he says, that there'll be a nation that will come uh, from afar. And uh, today uh, we look and we saw that it happened exactly as he said, that, uh, you know, that the, the, you know, the Romans came and uh, they, they uh, who was expecting the Romans? What were they doing in the Middle East? <laughs> you know, they, they came and they, they, uh, they devastated everything in their path. Uh, so he begins like this, L'chein, therefore, and th- therefore is the wrongs of society are not addressed. And um, especially in Yerushalayim, where people have the ability to be extra holy and be extra good, uh, the fact that we are, um, we took over Israel because the assumption was we would be better than the original inhabitants. And if we're not, then we're not worthy of it. And so that was part of it as well. But therefore, uh, he says, just like a fire catches uh, dry tinder, and it just like burns very quickly. So too, this, uh, when the destruction comes, it'll like sweep over. Um, it's actually kind of poetic. I'll read you the English. Just as the tongue of fire consumes straw and a flame destroys stubble, so will their root become rot and their flower will be blown away like dust. For they have abhorred the Torah of Hashem, uh, the Kimasu as Torah Hashem. They have made Mias the Torah of Hashem. It's interesting, it doesn't say they, they, the, the values of Torah they reject. I think I commented once that, that this word Neitzu is the same as Nazi. It's very spooky. In other words, I'll send the Neitzu because you have, uh, you have uh, scorned the word of Hashem. Uh, but it, the, the, uh, there's an idea of, sometimes people technically do the mitzvahs. Uh, you know, they, they don't eat pork and they don't work on Saturday. Uh, but then it says, but the words of Hashem. What about being kind and considerate and humble and loving and the words of Hashem they ignore, right? They uh, can't say they, they... The people were largely religious. Um, we're used to a time where Jewish people don't keep the Sabbath or they don't necessarily keep kosher. The, the people at the time of the temple, they did that. It doesn't say because you didn't keep kosher I'm going to do this or because you didn't keep my Sabbath. It didn't say that. It the said... Spirit. It's the spirit, right. That's right. That's the, that's the interesting thing. Uh, 25. Hashem's anger burns uh, to his people. So, again, there are people that say, oh, Hashem rejected you. No, that we're still his people. <laughs> He's angry with us because we're his people, and we have, uh, we have to fix this. Uh, He's going to put his hand on us. And he's going to smite us. And the mountains will get angry. Um, sometimes the word mountains refers to the forefathers. Sometimes that's, they're, they're called the mountains or the, uh, the, the, the early generations that invested so much that their children should go in the ways of Hashem, they'll be angry. And people, uh, there'll be a war and people will be uh, their carcasses will be lying on the land. 
it's a, a very extreme language when you talk about people being their corpses lying. Um, usually, when people die, they, their loved ones come and they bury them and they show respect. It's a big mitzvah to not leave the dead unburied. And uh, he says, um, now if you ever watch the the movies about the the Holocaust. Uh, the main thing they show you is that they, they, the people died and they left the corpses lying there like, like nobody cared. Like it was just like these were human beings, you know. The, but that's, that's, it's, that's part of the Corbin is that these carcasses will lie in the streets. It calls those. Now, once we get whacked, uh, you might think that the purpose of it is just to give us a patch and now it's done. No, actually, uh, the patch is supposed to wake us up and get us to change. And Hashem says, it, he ain't finished. Shabbat Hashem's anger of his hand is still outstretched. The idea was that when we were first afflicted, we should get the message. But if we don't get the message, then he's going to bring a nation from afar. Now, most of the time we had trouble from our near neighbors. It's kind of interesting that the Korban came from a nation that was far away. Uh, Sometimes the army is like far away, it's not coming. No, he says it's going to happen very quickly. They're, all of a sudden the army will travel. Ain't oyef. Now maybe they'll get tired, you know, traveling to the Middle East. No, they won't tire out. They won't doze and they won't slumber. And they won't even take off their clothes, so to speak. They're going to keep on marching. They won't take their shoes off. And their arrows are sharpened. Uh, the arrows sharpened means sometimes soldiers aren't ready to go to war. They've got to go sharpen their arrows. They've got to, they make sure they're nice and sharp. No, they're going to sharpen their arrows. And they're going to make sure their bows are drawn. And their horses are, are ready to go in their chariots. And the roar will be like a lion. They'll, they'll, you'll hear these marching enemies, and we'll try to run away, and there'll be no one to save us. It'll be like a roar in that day, like the roar of the sea. And there'll be a darkness. And uh, the light of day will be mixed with the darkness. It'll be a dark time. So uh, that is the... Uh, um, that's the basic message how, of the... How did the Nevi'im do this? Did they go from one community to another, prophesizing, or... How did they put the message out? That's a good question. In, in some cases, they went to the monarch. They went to the seat of government. Because okay. the monarch would, you know, like went to the Beis Amigdosh or to the areas where people congregate. Um, but uh, sometimes... Um, I always think of those people in street corners with the signs. Right, right. And nobody pays attention. Nobody pays attention. Right, right. That's right. That's a good question. We'll have to pay attention to that ourselves. Where, how did people get the price? Did they write it down? Did it get passed through? Yes. Mm. I think I heard you use a word and I'm not familiar. Did you say hoys? Hoys. Mm-hmm. What is that? So in the Hebrew, uh, when it begins, one of the um, reasons that Hashem was getting angry it doesn't use the word oi, but it uses the word hoi. And it means like whoa. Uh, and it, it's, um, Is that a W-H-O-A or W-O-E? W-O-E. Got it. Um, that's how they translate it as whoa. And they're just called hoi. Hoi, whoa. To, it's a particular kind of dirge or a particular kind of, of lament. 
uh, begins with the word hoy. It's, uh, okay. So, um, uh, we mentioned that the prophecies are, are put together. Um, what's strange is we don't know why the first uh, five chapters are not the beginning of the book. They're not, in fact, we're going to get to the beginning where Yeshayahu was chosen and Hashem first came to him and he started his mission. Um, almost like the important thing was that everybody know that uh, the world that, that we know of, the land of Israel, the base Amigdash of, of Eretz Yisrael, uh, will, uh, the people of Eretz Yisrael living in Eretz Yisrael, if we don't act quickly, is going to come to an end that the Gullus is coming and that there's problems in society and they need fixing, then we can get to the rest of the book. <laughs> that, that was the message. Now, at the same time, there was a future message that it's not that this is the end of all and that uh, that's it, he, Hashem has had it with us, but no, uh, this particular time frame, the society has gone bad and we need to start over. You need to flip the board over and start again. Uh, and that's kind of was the uh, the message. At the same time, there are messages about the future when the Mashiach will come and uh, everything will be good. And so it's always a dual message, a message of comfort. And uh, um, I've been trying to point out that uh, it's not that Hashem is just angry with us. It's an anger of love. It's my people. It's my nation. I expect more. Uh, I expect better. Uh, and these things need fixing. And that's kind of been the message. But now we're about to start uh, could be the introduction to the book, chapter 6. Uh, and uh, he begins talking about um, a prophecy means Hashem talks to you. Now, what does that mean? What does it look like when Hashem talks to you? Uh, how do you know it's Hashem? We always just imagine there's like a loud voice, you know, hello, you know, like, uh, but uh, they actually had a vision of Hashem. That, that, in other words, they... they um, they would pray and they would study and many times it took many days of, uh, of prayer that they would get this message that Hashem would communicate with them. And uh, when Hashem communicated with them, it was a shock. It was not something that came easily. Sometimes uh, only very few people in a generation would Hashem speak to. Hashem doesn't, it's not like we imagine that your person is just lying on their bed one day and Hashem says, how are you doing? I'm Hashem, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't usually happen that way. Usually people went to school to be prophets and they uh, had to be learned and they had to become very pious and holy and they worked on connecting to Hashem. Uh, in fact, in the book of Kings, it mentioned that Shoal got a little bit of prophecy and people said, you never went to prophecy school. What are you doing getting prophet? Like, how did you... Uh, the idea there was that he was appointed a leader and Hashem wanted him to be inspired with prophecy. So Hashem uh, gave him a special prophecy for that purpose. Uh, but it, there's this institution of being a Navi. And somewhat that's described here um, in Ezekiel, in Yechezkel, he has a famous description. He's very colorful. He goes in on and off about the, the throne and the angels and... Um, they always talk about Yeshayahu also describes uh, what we call Hashem's throne, Hashem's chariot, and he doesn't, he's not as descriptive, he's not as excited about it. And some people say that uh, uh, Yechezkel was more of like a farming person, like he didn't, he was outside, and to him when he saw it, it was like amazing, it was, whereas Yeshayahu kind of grew up with it, he was in the base of Mikdush, and he was, so it wasn't as a surprise to him. So it, it didn't 
um, he was when he described it. He didn't describe it, it, it with the same uh, vision. But it, it's interesting to look at the different ways they describe it. Um, we believe that what they're describing was not visual. They didn't actually see. Uh, we don't know how to. Hashem doesn't have an image. He doesn't have a form. So how do you see Hashem? What does that mean exactly? Um, and so uh, these are all metaphors uh, that we're going to see. But uh, the metaphors serve their purpose. They give us an inkling of what it is. Um, this metaphor uh, is interesting because we actually use this in when we say Kedusha, the Kaddush, 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 the, the holiness of Hashem. When, on, when we, um, like, usually it's on Shabbos morning when we repeat the Shemona Esrei uh, in a group uh, and we're all praying together, we reach a level where we sense Hashem. And so we say this prayer of Kadosh that, uh, that he got through his prophecy. So let's begin. Bishnas, chapter 6. Bishnas Mosa Melech Uziyahu. This was in the same year that Uziyahu died. Ve'eres Hashem. Uh, that was the first time. Sometimes a person remembers the first time. Where were you when? Or, or what was it like the very first time something happened? Uh, first time you did this. So this was the first time Hashem appeared to him. He says, I remember very clearly it was the year and the death of Uziyahu. There is Hashem. And I saw Hashem, Yoshev al And Hashem was sitting on his throne. That's a uh, um, very special, uh, there's the idea that, again, what does it mean Hashem sits on a throne? It could be that it's like Hashem is in control. The throne is like the control room. You know, that's the, the, the king... You know, when the king's on his throne, then he's in his full power. Like he's, he's, he's giving the audience. That's, he's not traveling. He's not moving. He's sitting on the throne. That, that's how he describes Hashem, sitting on his throne. Ram Venisa, high and exalted. Translate that. Um, it's very interesting. There, um, it's sometimes like you explain to somebody what Kedusha is, what holiness is. But I, I do know this. You can feel it. Some, you know holy when you, when, you're, when, you are, when you have that holiness, you feel it. When you send, like, like just imagine like sometimes on your kipper or sometimes you're in a holy spot. It's a, it's a holy also means unique and different. Uh, so, um, he describes Hashem as being high, mean, being above the earth, like above the rat race. He's above any earthly experience. That's what it means he's high. But he's not literally in the sky, but he's high and above it all. Vishul of Malay Mesahiko. And uh, he describes Hashem's, uh, like the legs of the throne being in the temple in the Beis Hamikdash. That's his, uh, um, this is, the world is described as Hashem's footstool, so to speak. Like this, the world is his, his footstool. It, he's in an exalted place. This world is not such an exalted place, but we can uh, sanctify it till we can reach uh, Hashem's footstool, so to speak. Uh, now, then he describes the angels. Uh, there are many different types of angels. Uh, in the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Davening, we of, often talk about them. Um, some of our favorites are called Shrafim, the burning angels. Uh, Seraph from the Shrefa. Um, uh, that's the same word. Uh, uh, they're like fire. Some people would say fiery angels, you know, like they, they do things with a fire. We, we sometimes, we got a mitzvah, yeah, I get around to it. No, an angel is like fire. Hashem said, do it. You know, it's a... It's so are they the ones, the three that came to Avraham? That kind of angel? I don't know. If, I don't think they were seraphim. 
there's like degrees of types of angels. Uh, yeah, there's some that are called Sruffin, the, the burnt angel. I don't think burnt, I would say fiery, the fiery angel. What does he call he? So if you look in the art scroll, he says Sruffin. He doesn't want to translate that. Because whatever you say, you're going to uh, be challenged with that. Uh, so you got the fiery angels, and uh, he describes them with wings. Um, the, the angels are described with wings. Um, it, somewhat, it's because they can rise above. And, and we, the only way we know you can rise above things are if you can fly. So we tend to describe them with wings. All the pictures have wings. Yes? In which period and which rabbis were most concerned with positions in the heavens or positions in Olam Haba? Who, who really dealt with this? Um, it's, isn't the heavens and Olam Haba like two different things? Okay. 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 I mean, Olam Haba is its own, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's... There. So to me, anything, I'm giving this from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. anything that I've ever experienced in my life is if I have stepped out of line, I have felt the consequences, and I don't necessarily feel that God is punishing me, but they're just natural consequences for certain things when we are not going in the direction that he's telling us to go. So thank you for just allowing me to share. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, uh, I, I think this was just the humility that he had no idea that experience of perceiving prophecy is not something that a human is ready for. It, we've never, we, we aren't often tested in that way. And, and sometimes that's, uh, a person dies when he perceives the Hashem in that way, like his, meaning his soul goes back to its source. It can't, it can't uh, but um, when he perceives it, he feels his shortcomings and the shortcomings of the people. And Hashem says, don't focus on, the, not up here. You never mention the shortcomings. If you want, that's not the role of a prophet. Uh, but then Hashem uh, specifically asks him, uh, are, I need a volunteer for this role. I need somebody that's willing to take on uh, to communicate to the people my message. And he's, who, who will I send? Who will go? And so that's where he says, this is the language of Avramino. Hineni, I'm going to be here. Hineni uh, Shalocheni. Uh, he says, behold, send me. I want the job. You can send me. I'm going to be your shliach. I'm going to be the one who's willing to do it. They had, uh, oh, and he's way before uh, Ailey, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. wasn't Ailey that said to Shmuel, when mm-hmm. you hear that, say, he named me. Well, no, this, the, no, he'd be after, actually. This was after Shmuel. Oh, that one. Yeah, but uh, it's a similar, it's the same. That's the right word to say. Um, we all have to train ourselves. When Hashem, uh, when it feels like Hashem is calling on us to do something, we have to say, I'm here, <laughs> whatever you want, you know, if you're, if you hear the call, then it's a challenge because um, sometimes it's uh, part of the Yom Kippur message is we feel like Yonah, that we run away from being sent. Sometimes Hashem has a particular task for us and that's not the one we would have chosen. And guess what? Often uh, it's, uh, we don't realize it, but that's what Hashem wants us to do. And even though it, we, we very rarely would choose exactly the, uh, the role that we fill, but we have to tell Hashem, if, you, if this is what you want from me, I'm here. I'm Hineni. That's the, so that's what he says. So now uh, Hashem gives him his first job. He says, Go, Go speak to this people. 
Shimu Shemoa, that the people have to listen. The people listen, but they don't understand. They don't use their bina. They don't figure out what that means. And they see, but they don't know. Basically, the people hear, but they don't hear. They, they don't, they, they, you get the message and they say, I got you, and then they don't. Have you ever done that where sometimes you think you've instructed somebody very carefully and they say, yes, 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 and they just go and they have no clue. Now, the problem with the people, it's interesting because um, he talks about the heart uh, having too much cholesterol. You know, it's fattened and it's uh, stuffed up. You know, the heart is stuck. And we know today that that's a very serious thing if a person has... Uh, you know, it's, uh, the, if the arteries which the heart has to pump get stuffed with fat, uh, cholesterol, and other things, for us and people's ears are heavy, and their eyes, Hoshea uh, Penyira, the, um, the people basically they have blockages. The heart is the organ that's um, it, uh, just like the heart pumps the, the blood in the body, there's a spiritual heart. And the spiritual heart. Uh, should give us the energy to do the the mitzvos and the and the proper things. It, it's the pump, and just like the physical heart sometimes gets stuffed up and it doesn't work like it's supposed to, our spiritual heart gets uh, doesn't work, do what it's supposed to. And so he's saying their spiritual heart is like cholesterol. It's it's got the hardening of the arteries, and they don't hear and they don't see and the heart doesn't pump. Because then. If the people would do it, all they got to do is tshuva, and they'd be healed. They came back to me. Um, and uh, so he, um, he asked him, how long will this last? What will be the end game? So he says, Yosef. He says, uh, what will happen is the cities will be emptied out. Yosef, and there'll be nobody around. Vedama tasa shamama. And the land will be shamama, will be desolate. Orike Kashem es Adam, and Hashem will send them far away. And the land will be abandoned. Uh, if you went to Israel a hundred years ago, most of Israel was desolate, was abandoned. It was like nobody was there. <laughs> That's what that that was the prophecy. Uh, you'll have ten more leaders, ten more kings. Uh, um and uh, it'll be like a tree. It's be like trees that are missing their leaves. That's a, like when you see a tree that's uh, majestic and has all the leaves, and then the leaves fall off. It feels like empty. That's the way he describes um, uh, the land of Israel will be like an, an empty tree from the holy, you know, the holy seed. The children of Israel will be left from the land, and so. He's describing the, the Gullus. Uh, but this was the message uh, that was sent to try, first of all, to warn the people. But uh, as he said, Vishava Rafalo, that it's a warning that the people will return and then they'll be healed. Okay.